It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'm so excited to do um, part three of our wonderful series with Steve Thornton. And um, today's going to be an amazing, amazing show. So you'll want to stay with us for the whole hour. And um, Steve's got such amazing tips. You're going to want to take out um, a pad and your pen and take some notes. So I am going to start with a quick bio of Steve, just in case you missed our other two shows. So Steve Thornton is the chief ex- is a chief executive officer of Expect Success Coaching and Training. Steve demonstrates a daily passion for helping others achieve the success they truly desire. Steve founded Expect Success Coaching and Training over 10 years ago with the sole purpose of helping others achieve their dreams. As a professional business advisor, coach, speaker, and trainer, Steve has facilitated more than 5,000 seminars, workshops, and coaching sessions. Prior to becoming a full-time advisor, coach, speaker, and trainer, Steve was president and founder of Awakening International Corporation, a sales and marketing company. Under Steve's leadership, Awakening, acting as an independent contractor for a nationwide company, advanced to produce over 80% of their national volume. Steve was also involved in the success of two other companies, H2O Systems, Inc., a manufacturer of inline Aqueous Cleaning Systems, and TNA Real Estate Investments, which focused on the rehabilitation of residential properties. Steve is a committed Christian, husband and father of two, and is dedicated to continuous personal development. The The real world experience Steve's acquired has proven to be invaluable, whether he is addressing an audience as a keynote speaker leading a workshop or in coaching our clients. With that, I'd like to welcome Steve to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Josephine. Yay, I'm so excited you're with us today. And I have to tell you, Steve, our last two shows were absolutely amazing. So I, I'm just so happy that our when we had talked originally that we decided to do the series. So I just quickly want to tell our listeners what the series are. So it's a four-part series. Series one was the fundamentals of how to establish a foundation in your business. Series two was how to know when and how to scale your business. Series three, which is what we're going to focus on today, is how to get sales so you have a thriving business. And series four is marketing steps every successful entrepreneur should be taking. So with that, Steve, 
let's talk about sales. How are we going to get started here? Because there is so much to talk about, Steve. You know, Josephine, it's a huge subject. It's something that with clients I've been focusing on as much as just about any other subject, sales and marketing, it's, we can have the best product and service out there, but if we don't have enough clients, if we don't have enough customers, we're going out of business. And it all comes down to sales and marketing. And selling is not only an art, it's a science. There, Like you said, there's so much to it. We could spend an hour on just one little topic, and, and we do that. We do lots of trainings, like, and I'll be mentioning things today, but like establishing rapport. How do you do that? How do you follow up properly? Every one of these deserve hours because they're so important, but you know, maybe we start with the basics. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. Before we get started, I just want to mention something. I was watching Shark Tank. So funny, Steve. At the end of the day, I'm exhausted from you know my three kids running my business, my radio show. I've got a lot on my plate. I crawl into bed exhausted, and last night I said, oh, let me just relax a few minutes with the TV, and sure enough, I turn it on, and what's on but Shark Tank, and <laughs> I love Shark Tank, but it doesn't let allow me to turn off my brain as far as work goes, but one of the guys that was on last night, he came to pitch his product, and they really ate him alive. Because the guy was saying, I did this, I did that. I did all of this stuff for my business, and now I'm ready to go out and get sales. And they looked at him like he was kidding. They said, how much did you invest? $400,000 into his business. And he didn't have one sale. So the truth of the matter is, do you have a business if you don't have sales? I think the answer is no. But you can tell. What do you think, Steve? Well, you don't. I mean, a, a true business is not just a concept and you've put everything together. He had a potential business, but a business produces revenue, a business produces profit. And until you have customers, uh, you don't have a business, no question. It's so funny. So since selling is so important, how does somebody start who has never been in sales before, Steve? Well, I think... You know, just talking about selling, because there's, we've already covered a lot of the other foundational things, someone, if they've never been in sales before, they're a new entrepreneur, they have to learn what the basics are. They have to uh, understand, and the basics, by the way, are different for what they're selling. If they're selling, you know, a consumer item, business to business, uh, business to consumer, there's different processes that we can go through. There's different sales and marketing, but the point is, you know, it's different. There's a one-call close. There's closes that have a six-month or a 12-month cycle. What they have to do is look at what their product or service is and start learning the basics for what they're doing. Okay, that sounds really great. And, Steve, I think the one thing about sales also is, you really have to know who your customer is because I know even with my Glovey's product, I have a whole slew of different customers. You know, I can go to the public school district and sell my um, Glovey's, but that's a very different approach than even like a Montessori school, which is a much more family-friendly, smaller type of customer as opposed to the huge public school district. So, how important is it to really know your customer that you're going 
to sell? Well, it's, it's critical, and that's part of the selling process is qualifying. And if you don't have a qualified prospect that is a good fit for you, it's not going to work. You can be really awesome with clients. You may know all the techniques of selling. You may be fantastic at it, but if it's not a good fit, it's not going to work no matter how good you are. So knowing your demographics, which demographics just means, you know, who are you going after? Who's that right fit for your client? And then you can customize again your approach for that particular um, customer. So, so you do want to adjust it based on who you're talking to, and that is part of the selling process. Okay, great. So let's see. Um, Steve, let's just talk about a little, like what are some of the most important basics specifically to selling? Well, even once we identify, like you just said, the right demographics, we Mm -hmm. know who we're going after, there's certain, you know, and and it could be a one-call close or a six-month close. So it doesn't really matter. Here's some of the basics that are kind of universal no matter what anyone's doing with selling. And one of the first ones is it's called establishing rapport, and it's huge. Establishing rapport is having your customers not just, or your prospects in this case, before they become a customer, not just like you, but they like you, they trust you, they trust your expertise, they trust that you have their best interest in mind. And there's, you know, it's an art, but there's a lot of things once someone starts studying how to establish rapport that really can make that connection with someone. And you can do it very quickly But if you try to go into selling and you don't have a connection with someone, and I don't care, again, whether it's a million-dollar sell or a hundred-dollar sell, if someone doesn't like you, if they don't trust you, they're probably not going to do business with you, or maybe they will just because they don't have another choice or out of convenience. But the reality is, you know, establishing rapport is, from studies that I've read, it's the number one aspect in selling. And I can tell you I've talked with a lot of business owners, a lot of salespeople. Some people say I'm really, really good at establishing rapport. People like me, and yet their selling, you know, is very weak. So it is very important, but it's everything kind of combined, but is one of the very beginning foundational basics is learning how to do that, do it quickly, do it effectively, and really connect with people. I think that's so important, and I'll have, I have to tell you, Steve, after interviewing so many entrepreneurs, this question comes up a lot, and I'll never forget this one um, guest, David Pinto. Um, he always said on the show, he said, everybody wants to buy from somebody, just like you said, that they trust but that they also have a relationship with. So as buyers, they're getting tons of products on their desks. Everybody's pitching these um, buyers. But is a buyer going to go with somebody that they really, really don't know? Or perhaps they might lean towards somebody that they have an established relationship with, that they have that established rapport. So I think that I agree with you 100% that establishing the rapport is probably the most important part of the whole selling process. Absolutely. And it's interesting because sometimes, and we had 
while we have companies and, and have had companies in the past, some of which have been a one-call close. So you just meet someone that time, and you're going to ask them to invest. In our case, it was hundreds or you know, up to maybe a couple thousand dollars with you, but you never knew them before then. And so we worked on that, and quite frankly, our closing ratio was off the charts. Now, we worked on it really, really hard, but you know, establishing rapport was a big part of it because, again, you have to know in some cases how to do it very quickly, and then, like you said, in other cases, they have to know you and trust you, and it may be you know, that you followed up 10, 15 times you've had conversations with them. So, again, it's different for different customers, and that's what we have to understand. If you try to do a one-call close when it's not appropriate, then you're shooting yourself in the foot again. Yeah, I think that's key. But I can't believe we're coming up on a break. But when we get come back, we're going to talk more about how to get sales so you have a thriving business. So hang in there, everyone, and we'll be back shortly. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back to Paying It Forward, and I'm absolutely thrilled that we have our guest Steve Thornton with us today. So, Steve, um, before we took our quick break, we were talking about the importance of establishing a rapport in order to get your sales process um, going. Um, what's 
the next tip that you have as far as how we can get our sales? Well, the next tip is questions. And I like to say it like this, questions are the answer. Hmm. Whoever's asking questions is in control, and whoever is a good questioner, you know, you're establishing even deeper rapport. You're showing people you care about them. And if you don't have rapport, again, they go in order when someone starts really looking at selling. You have to have that connection because if you just dive into asking questions, it can be obtrusive and people don't want to answer those questions. But I would suggest that you think about the most important questions you want answered and you write them down. And we do that with all of our clients. We do with everything I've been involved in that we put a questionnaire together and you have to learn you know, not only what questions to ask, but how to ask them. And most of the time, we don't want to be asking in a, um, how do I want to call it, like a grilling-type fashion. You want to ask uh-huh. it in a conversation. You want to just make it part of the conversation. Let it flow out, but you're still leading the conversation where you want, to, want it to go, and you're also finding out, and this is very, very important, what you need so you can help that particular client. Because if you don't know how you can help them, and if they don't know how you can help them, it's not going to move forward. So can you give us an example of that, Steve? Of course. It, um, let's say like with our coaching and training, just to use that as a for instance. Okay. If I'm talking with someone, I'm not telling them all of the information that we do, and and we are phenomenal at coaching and training. We Our results are Again, they're just, they're, they're incredible. We've watched people double, triple, quadruple, very continuous. We, we've had people increase their income 800% in a year. I mean, we, wow. we watch some things that are just crazy, but I don't go into selling or telling anyone that kind of stuff. What I do is I'll ask them, well, do you have your business plan in place? Do you have your vision in writing? Do you have your, your goals and plans? Tell me about your marketing plan. Tell me what you've tried with marketing, what have you not. I'm asking them, but in a conversational way, and what I'm doing is seeing where can I help them. And some people have all of that together. Other people don't. Other people, it may be, well, I have a lot of that together, but here's my hang-up. And as I discover that, now I know how we can help them and where I should focus the rest of the conversation to where if I just went off and said, the very first thing you need to do are goals and plans and and all this, and I didn't take the time to learn about them, then what's going to happen is they're in the back of their mind or maybe in the front of their mind, they're going to be saying, he doesn't care about me, he doesn't know about me, he's just trying to sell me what they do versus caring about what I'm doing right now. You know, that's so important, and I agree with that. And it kind of makes me think of another Um, show that I had that somebody had mentioned that listening is almost just as important as talking when you're in sales. And it goes along with what you were just talking about, Steve, that, you know, we're trying to get information back from the customer to see how we can solve their problem. So I think this is brilliant. I love the idea of the questionnaire, having it in a conversational tone, you know, and genuinely caring about the customer, but listening to their response so you can really figure out what their, you know, how you can solve their problems. Absolutely. It's funny. We 
we do a full training, like a 45-minute to an hour training on just active listening and, and how we need to listen. And many people have not been taught how to listen actively and what that means. And uh, not that we go into that today, but it's very, very important. Uh-oh, you make me feel like we need to have an active listening show, Steve. <laughs> you have so many topics. All right, so I, I think that was great. So let's go into the importance of presentations. You know, um, how someone presents is super important, and it's different. I've reviewed literally hundreds if not a thousand presentations and I've written many of them the presentations many times people are trying to tell their features and benefits and that's old time selling and we still need to do that it's part of the selling process now we need to show someone what our features are of our product how it benefits them and it all goes into that but the presentation starts from the moment we're establishing rapport when we're doing our questions, but when we get to the actual presentation portion, we need to customize it for that particular prospect. We need to make sure it's fitting exactly how it's going to be helping them. And then, and again, this is different if you're doing a group presentation. Like right now, this is generic for a group, so we're doing the best we can with the audience that we know we have. So you adjust a lot of these, but you also want to gain agreement through your presentation which means the things that you can help them solve, you don't just want to tell them, but I'll say, here's an issue that you had, here's what we can do to solve it, and here's exactly how we're going to solve it, but I'll say, does that make sense to you? And most of the time they'll say yes, and I'll say, well, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit of why you think that makes sense. And we want to get them to talk, because their words are more important than our words. And they can say, well, it's kind of like what you mentioned before, or I think it's important because of this. So now it's not me trying to push it. I'm letting them tell me why what we're doing is going to solve their needs. So I put it out there. I tell them how I think it is, but I want to gain agreement through the presentation. And that's well, really I love important. that. I love yeah, that, Steve, ahead, because sorry. it's great to have the customer kind of hear themselves speak about the problems and how they think you can solve them. I mean, I think that's brilliant. You know, it's interesting when you, when you discover that and then you feed it back. I've had, and I do care about people, when I'm giving all these tips, I have a really high closing percentage, but I'm not trying to sell anyone anything that they don't need, and I have to discover that and I give it back, but sometimes these issues that they have, they can get emotional about them. No one's really cared. No one's helped them bring them out. No one showed them how they can solve them. And I've had clients get emotional with me on, on products you wouldn't think would be very emotional, and they start tearing up. And I can oh, tell it over the phone or I can tell it face-to-face. -face, I start tearing up. <laughs> you have to have that connection. <laughs> That's so funny, but it's because you have your heart and soul in your business, and I feel like anybody can see that. You go to your website, you know, the people that you've coached in the past, and you listen to their testimonials, you know, it just, it comes out in everything you do, and even the past two shows that we've had, I can, I can just tell you're just such a genuine person, so 
I appreciate that. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with your success, you know, as a salesperson, you know, and as a coach. So that's great. So Steve, tell us about closing. You know, how do, is there a method to really closing the deal? I know that one person had said, and there's an amazing book by Eleanor Stutz um, about sales. And she, in her book, she says, listen, you can have the greatest presentation. You can go in front of your customer, but don't forget to ask for the sale. And it seems like it's so obvious, but sometimes people just don't ask. And I'll tell you with myself, after reading her book right then and there, I literally the next day picked up the phone and said, I don't care. Every single person I talked to today, I'm going to ask for the sale. And Steve, it worked. So I think that's important, (laughs) but I'll let you talk about how to close the sale. Well, everything you said was spot on. Closing, many people get afraid of closing or overcoming objections. But closing starts at the beginning. When you're establishing rapport, you're closing as you're asking the right questions that focus in on what your product or service is. You're closing throughout the presentation, getting yeses all along the way. If you do it properly, you know at the very end that they need this. And part of closing is, again, and we could spend an hour on closing and not do it justice, but When you close at the very end, if you've done things properly, one of the steps is to have a closing statement, and that's just a recap. So it would be something like this. Josephine, here's what I'm hearing from you. I've heard that, and then I'm going to repeat the information that I've gathered. I've heard that you have this issue, and you have this problem, or you want to do this, whatever it may be. Uh, You liked our product with this, you really like this area, you, you even said this and this and this, and it seems like it's going to be an absolute perfect fit for you. And so what I would like to do is just decide, I think the very last thing that we need to do, it, it seems like it's awesome, because if I've done it right, they've agreed all the way through, when are we going to get started? Or I believe the next step is I will send you out an agreement, or whatever it may be, but if you've done it right, the close has been happening all the way through, and it's very smooth and easy at the end. And there may be that little bit of tension. They may have a little bit of, of questions, so you might have to overcome some of their questions or objections. But the closing is, when it's done properly, at the very end, someone doesn't go, oh, now they're asking for the order. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's perfect. And I agree with you so much, Steve, how you're saying that the closing starts at the beginning. And I love how you gave us an example of the closing statement. Just wrap it all up. And um, I think that's great. So, all right, Steve. So we give the closing statement. We leave the sales call. You know, we try to go, you know, face to face. We leave the sales call. What is the next step? Well, it depends, again, on, on that particular, your, your particular prospect or process even, is part of the selling process can be when it's appropriate right then and there to get referrals, and it's very easy to do, and a lot of people forget this. So we're talking about how to increase our sales today. Well, we'd be you know, not doing it justice if we didn't talk about referrals, so it can be after they said, yes, we love this, okay, we're getting started, 
and they've signed on the dotted line, or even when they don't sign on the dotted line, it's not appropriate for a one-call close. But the point is we can also understand we can get referrals. Referrals, people, when they're getting ready to purchase something, when they're looking at something, they're keyed in to other people that may be looking for that same product or service. It's a perfect time to ask them, you know what, I bet you know of someone else that is looking for this. Who comes to mind, who would you suggest that maybe I get some information out to, or maybe I uh, give a quick ring to? Who would you suggest maybe that I follow up with, because we are looking to grow our company? And if you say it really softly in the right way, it's so funny. I, I had one international company that I work with, a huge company, and their CEO has been on you know, the Hidden CEO's um, show. I can't remember oh, what they yeah. call that. Uh, what is it? Um, oh, gosh. It'll come to me. I had some, one of them. Who's my boss? No, it's who's not my that. Boss? Yes. <laughs> Wait, was that it? Is that it? I, I don't know if it's who's my boss or something a hidden about boss. The boss. Or what, what's it called? Uh, something about the boss. It'll come to me. I could probably <laughs> look it up. But, okay. I know the but, show you're talking about. Yeah, it's a big international company. Well, they, I was working with one of their, their teams, and I taught them every time they get a sell how to get referrals every time. In fact, they took it to the next level. Instead of asking their sales folks to do it, they demanded. In fact, they would cut their pay if they didn't get referrals every time, like four referrals. And you wow. know what? They went from X amount of referrals just, massively to a whole lot more because they knew how important referrals were. So that's, again, another training there. And not trying to go into, but it is very important how we ask. But that is a very, very important part of the selling process. So, Steve, do you know Cutco Knives? I do, yes. So (laughs) I have to tell you, I think it's brilliant the way that they do their entire sales process. And... I don't know. There was a part of me that was a little, I don't want to say misinformed, but I misunderstood what was going on. I had gotten a phone call from one of my girlfriends telling me that she just purchased these great knives and she had given my email out or my whatever. I think it was my cell phone. So this salesperson actually texted me and said that they wanted to come and sell me these great knives if I wouldn't mind just giving them 15 minutes, a courteous 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, fine. Come to my house, 15 minutes, that's it. Well, it turns out that she's like a young student and she had said that she's an intern and they're helping her pay college. So she has to reach her goals. So that's how she started it, Steve. So right then and there, I was ready to just take my checkbook out and write it to help her so that she could reach her goals so that Cutco can help her pay college. In actuality, she was really just a a college student trying to make money, but it all kind of goes together, right? But she gives me a great presentation. I'm sorry, what was that, Steve? Well, what you said, it's, it's spot on with what we're talking about. You probably would not have set the appointment if it wasn't a referral from someone you knew. Right. And, so, and that's how powerful referrals are. I mean, it's, it's really, really important. And the, it's funny, I sold, or not sold, I purchased Cutco products from my nephew. 
did the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know where I'm going with this, right? You know where I'm going. So I'm sitting there and I, I mean, the stuff is really expensive, but I have to tell you, I knew at the time when she's sitting there using those kitchen shears to cut a penny, I was like, all right, all right, all right, I'm sold because that's my favorite kitchen item is shears. I use them for everything. So that's fine. I agree to buy the shears. And then she quietly says, and this is reminds me of what you said. It's kind of, if you use your soft voice for the referrals, you'd be surprised. So then she just turns around calmly and she says, oh, by the way, we have this really cool ice cream scooper that um, that is really great. And if you can give us five to ten referrals, you get this for free. Steve, what was I going to do? Not give her the referrals? I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm sitting there as I'm writing down all of my friends' cell numbers and emails saying to myself, they're going to kill me. <laughs> I still gave it to, to her. Can I tell you, she left my house with like eight names of real viable friends that I know every single one of them, their husbands fish. So they have this, you know, special carving knife for fishing. Let me tell you, that young college student was an amazing salesperson, but goes back to what you said, the referrals. Can you imagine how much money she made from every single one of those referrals? What a great example. And kudos to Cutco and kudos to her to be trainable and actually you know, apply what she was learning and being trained. So, Steve, how funny is that, that Cutco? She did an amazing job. And like you said, there had to be some amazing training with Cutco, don't you think? Uh, no question about it. And, and, and you know, Cutco is one, it, it just goes to prove a college student, you know, an entrepreneur. I, I can tell you that because I deal with so many entrepreneurs and new business owners and what I found is a lot of people are afraid of sales. A lot of people will not take the initiative that that person did and actually practice these things. They have internal things. They're, they're afraid of being pushy. They, they just have internal issues that they don't want to, you know, seem pushy to their friends or to their customers or they don't want to ask for the business. I mean, there's lots of internal things as well. I have to tell you, I learned so much from that presentation. And then, Steve, you know what else she talked about? She had this little, it looked like a homemade little binder. Uh, Honest to God, I think this is all part of the sales process to make it appear that this poor college student really needs your business. (laughs) And she had handwritten testimonials of the people that she came from, like two or three sales calls prior. She goes, oh, I was just on a sales call this morning, and the woman was so kind to give me a testimonial. And this is what she wrote about the kitchen shears. Oh, isn't that funny? That's what you're interested in. Steve, she had me like she was fishing and (laughs) pulling me in. (laughs) I thought, I thought it was so great. So I kind of think testimonials are kind of important right up there with referrals, don't you think? You know, people love third-party reviews, testimonials. They like hearing what other people have heard or said. And, and in fact, when we talk about marketing, that's one of our companies. We're 
actually the cutting-edge company out there. We're on what my partner Dave says, we're on the bleeding edge, but helping people establish those testimonials and referrals. And when you're selling, it's when people hear what other people are saying, it's very, very important. So it's, it's part of the selling process, part of the marketing process. You're, you're spot on. Testimonials are very, very important. Okay. So that's perfect. But I can't believe I'm just looking at my notes here, Steve. We have so much to touch on here. So I'll, I'm going to move a little quick here. So many people have, are passionate about their business, but they don't want to be considered a pushy salesperson. How does someone sell effectively without being pushy? Well, first off, they shouldn't be pushy. A, a good salesperson is not going to be what we all fear becoming when we think about sales. And that salesperson that just was obnoxious, they were pushy, they didn't take no for an answer, they were jerks. I mean, no one wants to be a jerk. And so don't be pushy. That doesn't mean don't be persistent. That doesn't mean don't ask for the business. That doesn't mean be not to become a professional but it's how you say something. It's not just what you say. So if we're afraid of becoming pushy, if we're passionate, again, the selling, go back to the beginning of what we've talked about. If they follow all the steps, so they've established that connection, they've asked all the right questions, they've got someone to agree as they're doing the presentation, and, and there's yeses all the way through it at the very end, if someone says, well, nope, I really don't want to do this, then very honestly, if it was a friend or family member, someone we had that deep connection with, what would we say to them? You know, I'm, I'm a little confused. It, it seems like it's perfect. And if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to kind of figure this out because it looked like you were really having an issue, issue with this or you really wanted this. It looked like, you know, what you said was this and this and this, you go back to the areas of agreement, you use their words, but not in a pushy way, you do it in a soft way, a nice way. And you say, so I'm a little confused, it seems like it's perfect for you. Is there something maybe we haven't covered, something that I did wrong? I mean, it seems like this is exactly the right thing for you right now. And some people say, well, that's pushy, I feel really uncomfortable, but it's overcoming an objection but not being pushy because if we've done it right, we know it's right for them. We know it, and we know it's going to help them with what they want or what they need. If we don't pay the price and don't know that, then we're being pushy. Wow. I, I agree with you 100%. And as long as you really believe in the product, which as salespeople, I think we have to be in, believe in the product or we won't be able to do it. Everything, I, I don't know, I agree with what you're saying, Steve. When I'm trying to sell my glovies, I just look at the other person as if they are my sister who has young kids or they are a friend. And when you do that, I don't know, for some reason it brings it down a notch and it becomes more personal. And you establish that rapport. And I think, once again, people want to close the deal with somebody they've established that relationship with. And, and that's so, and like with your sister, if, using that example, 
if it wasn't right for her or your product or service is not right for someone, I can tell you I, I do this with everyone. If I know that it's not the best for them, I will help them in any way I can. I'll say, here's what I think you need to do. We don't provide that product or service. Here's a suggestion of someone who does, or here's how I would go about finding that person. But if I was you, here's what I would do. But we have to be sincere if we now, the difference between that and selling is if we've done it right and we know that we know that we know it's going to help them, then we're doing them an injustice by not helping them solve that product or that problem with our product or service. Perfect. Well, Steve, we're going to take a real quick break now. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up our show with the five best business tips regarding sales with Steve Thornton. So we'll be right back, everyone. Thanks so much. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend at Principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited with our guest, Steve. I have learned so much from you, you know, regarding the sales process. It's always great to have you on the show. But, Steve, I want to just give you a quick minute to tell my guests how they can get in touch with you. If they have a question, you can lead them to your website. So the floor is yours, Steve. Well, if someone uh, wants to get in touch with me, 
you can go to, and we have several websites. One is expectsuccesscoaching.net, expectsuccesscoaching.net, and it's steve at expectsuccesscoaching.net. Or you can go to one of our marketing sites, and that's leadzillion.com or ppcauditbureau.com, and that stands for pay-per-click, ppcauditbureau.com. Uh, and it, by the way, my email is steve at any one of those three. <laughs> and Great. If someone, if someone really wants some help, contact me, reach out, and I would be happy to actually do a full complimentary coaching session for anyone that is an entrepreneur that has a small business that is really looking for that help. Okay, perfect. And I just want to remind the listeners that you'll want to stay with us because next week's show is going to be amazing. Steve's going to be um, talking all about marketing next week, so be sure to stay with us. So, um, or, you know, listen to us again next week. So, Steve, before we get to our five best business tips, I have, um, let's see, I have one more real good question for you. What if someone has a fear of rejection? How does someone overcome this? And the reason why I ask you this, and this, it's really tough for me, believe it or not, with my Glovies product, because it's kind of funny, it's like my fourth child, Steve. So if somebody that tells me they don't like Glovies, I get so offended and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I'm not supposed to feel that way, but it's pretty hard. It's like somebody telling me, you know, strolling your child, your newborn infant that is dressed so cute and somebody is saying, nah, aren't all babies ugly? You know, Steve, it's a tough thing to overcome. So what kind of suggestions do you have for that? Well, it's um, dealing with the internal is, is huge, and we have so many trainings to get people over fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of success. But in this particular case, I'm not going to try to go into those. We don't have enough time. Yeah. But I'm going to give you a simple tip right here. Okay. Is fear of rejection let me ask you, Josephine, have you ever went out for dinner and let's say you were just really full or they came up and they said, here is what we have for dessert and the waiter or waitress really described two or three or four things and you said, and, and one is like, this is my favorite, I absolutely love this. And you've already had really good of those, but it's not your favorite. Have you ever said no to a waiter or waitress? Of course. Yeah, everyone has. And do you think they go home or go back in the back and say, that's my favorite, and, and quite frankly, I can't believe they didn't buy that dessert. <laughs> I love the visual. This they, is great. They probably don't even, it, it doesn't phase them. So think about that. We could have the best product or service and be so invested, and they could have even made that dessert. I mean, it's their favorite. It's the same thing. We get attached, but... We all have to say no when we don't think it's the right time, the right... We do this. We do it all the time, but we sometimes fear rejection. Realize a no is just a no. It's a no temporarily. It's no now. We don't know all the reasons why someone can say no. Maybe they don't have enough money. I mean, the, the, the list could be long of whatever it is, but we have to not take it personal just like that waiter or waitress would be nuts. I'd get out of the business if they took that personal. Well, we need to do that same thing 
If it's not the right product or service or timing for someone, it could be a lot of things, we need to just go, well, wait a minute. It's just not the right time right now. And once we internalize that, we can get over it. Perfect. I'm going to think of a chocolate molten cake with no thank you on full. And I'm going to think of you, Steve, every single time that happens. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. I must say that. But uh, that's funny. So, all right. With that, let's wrap up the show with your five best selling tips. And Steve, some of them we've probably already talked about. So it's okay if you want to recap anything that we've talked about. Perfect. Well, I do like to recap, and, and here's some of them. And, and one of them I know I haven't covered yet, but I'm just going to recap and then give one more as part of the five. Perfect. So one of them is practice the basics. Learn and practice. And if we think of a professional athlete, they have to practice. Well, if we're entrepreneurs, if, we're, if you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales. Believe it or not, whether you like to or not, and I've been an entrepreneur most of my adult life, and you better learn how to sell, but you've got to practice. Practice, 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 and you will become really good at it. The second thing to practice, and let's go into a few of the things that we should practice, and that's okay. establishing rapport. Take trainings on it, understand it. There's on our website, expectsuccesscoaching.net, you can have 21 trainings free for 21 days, and establishing rapport is one of those. So either that or go read a book, but we have to learn how to establish rapport would be tip number two. Okay. The tip number three, as a recap, would be high-impact questions. We have to understand what questions to ask, write them down, practice asking your questions, making sure that you go through those questions, they come out conversationally, but that would be tip number three. And, And I think I just cut you off. Is there... Anything you'd like to add to those, Josephine? Well, let's see. So practice the basics, practice rapport, high-impact questions. I think that's good. Um, Let's see. What are the business tips as far as the sales process? Well, Steve, we have the business plan. Within the business plan, do we have a sales plan? Like, is that different from the business plan? We know that the marketing plan kind of stands on its own. Do you think business owners should have a sales plan set in place as a subset of the business plan, maybe? Great question. And we we haven't covered that. So instead of just going to tip four and five, I'll cover that real quickly. Absolutely. We have what we call the seven steps to uh, a successful presentation And that's a lot of what we're covering right now. We're not going over all seven, but I can sell, I can teach that, and it's the way we effectively sell. We've taught thousands of people to do this very effectively, but it's a plan start to finish that you just adjust appropriately for your product or service. So absolutely, you need to have a plan for anything you want to succeed at. Yeah, this is great. And then that just becomes part of the, I guess, a subset of the business plan, of course, right? Absolutely, and, and that's just something that you need to know. And, and I use the same structure, if you want to call it, when we're interviewing and hiring. It's just a great way to establish that connection and, and get the right answers to help someone, even if it's like help them find out if it's the right job, help you find out if they're the right person. But there's so much that is 
translated, once someone gets really good at cells, it's going to be uh, able to be applied in many ways. Okay, great. So, Steve, I think this is all wonderful. I think I have just one more question, and we have just about four minutes left to our show. So, what is one more tip that can make someone better at selling? Absolutely. Yeah, if we Uh, had one more really good tip. You know, and and this will be our our tip number five, and then I'll go back to tip number four, but this is huge, 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 huge. (laughs) Follow-up. Follow-up, 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 follow-up. And you need to be effective at follow-up. Most of the time, it's not a one-call close. And most of the time, the sell takes place after four, five, ten contacts and conversations with people. And one of the tips that we used before on, I, I believe it was show number one, but a good CRM program you need to be very, very organized to make sure that when you talk with someone, you have the next appointment scheduled. It's on the books. You are using a good CRM program to make sure that things don't fall between the cracks. But follow-up is critical in sales because most, again, don't take place right off the bat. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, what are your thoughts, Steve, about handwritten notes handwritten thank you notes just to say, you know, thank you for your time. I personally like them because nobody does it anymore. And isn't it funny how back in the day that was common practice and now everybody does everything on email that it's kind of nice to go back to the old-fashioned way of taking out that pen and paper or a pretty little card and just saying thank you. You know, it's interesting. We, we teach this. We hold our clients accountable for writing so many cards a day. <laughs> and oh, wow. sometimes it's a small amount, but it's absolutely very, very important. And it's part of the process. So I, I couldn't agree more. And it's funny, even though we teach this and preach it, I have handwritten notes that people have thanked me for helping them. I have them in a drawer, and I don't keep very much, <laughs> but I keep those. <laughs> That's so funny. It's in your souvenir folder, I'm sure. I have the same thing. Isn't that funny, Steve? So we all have the paperless offices, but we all keep those handwritten notes. So I think that's perfect. It's smart. So, all right. Did you want to just mention tip number four? Did we mention it already? Uh, We already did, and I just haven't emphasized it. And it's really practice your presentation Practice that as well to make sure that you become really good at presenting. And, again, presenting isn't just telling all your features and benefits. Understand presenting is presenting how you're going to help that particular person with their issues, whatever they may be. So, Steve, how important is it to have a real professional-looking presentation as a leave-behind? If somebody doesn't know how to do PowerPoint, is it worth the investment to have a real graphics designer do that presentation for you? Well, it is very important that we do have good materials, but I can tell you it it is. So to answer it, yes, it is, but it's not critical. And to use a, for instance, with our manufacturing company, we had one picture of one of our cleaning machines, which was a very high-dollar cleaning machine uh, for 
the electronics industry, and then we had CAD drawings with just bullet points of here's what is in our different models. And all of our competitors have beautiful literature, and they had great leave-behinds, and yet we grew to a huge level with no other marketing in the beginning. And, of course, later on, we did have all the beautiful four-color glossy everything. But if you're treating people right and following all these other processes, it's not critical. But, yes, it's very important. Okay, wonderful. Well, another great show with Steve Thornton. Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on Paying It Forward. And everyone, next week's show is going to be all about marketing with Steve. So, Steve, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, you're very welcome, Josephine. And everyone, have a wonderful, productive week, and we'll see you next week on Paying It Forward. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned, both good and bad, and sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. And for more great ideas, information, tools, tips, and tricks in life and in business, join us next week for more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com.